We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have drawn 2-2 at Wolves on Saturday night. And I'm Alex and I have... Simon, Ben and Charlotte with me to talk through the result, what it means, what happened, what happens next uh, on this podcast today. We're on Patreon. It's a platform where you get loads more of this type of thing, these type of podcasts for between three and eight pounds a month. Check out the link in the description to this podcast if you'd like to join us in that. We would massively appreciate it. Let's get back to tonight, though. We're recording immediately after the game. You cast off so many fixtures these days. We have to fit these podcasts in as soon as we can quite often. Charlotte, I'll start with you. Happy with the point? Yeah, you know, um, we talked about this on the preview that a point is is wouldn't be a disastrous result. A point wouldn't be a disaster at all. But um, against teams like Wolves, who are likely to finish in the bottom half of the table this season, um, we really should be picking up three points. And um, it's a shame not to have done that, particularly going ahead twice in, in this game. However, a point's okay. We're unbeaten in... A good number of, apart from Dortmund, we don't want to talk about that. Um, good number of games now, um, and we just kind of needed to grind that one out towards the end. I think so. Yes, I, I think content is probably a, a a better word than happy. I don't know if I'm happy with a point. Ben, um, yeah, it's. I, I think given the context of of the result, it's probably not a terrible point. But again, it's I'm this overriding feeling that I'm disappointed because again we're in a position to see that game out um against a team that I mean they they caused us a few problems but I think it was more of our own making we were giving them putting them into positions to kind of hurt us I thought we were really sloppy at times tonight so it's one of those given the way we played it's probably not a bad point because we we didn't really play well enough to to say that we won that game but yeah it's it's still annoying that we we, we keep throwing these games away you were raging after we drew a West Ham. I know. No, I, I'm. I'm the same. I'm the. I am. I'm the same. It's. It's the same again. I mean, I don't really want to repeat myself. Like it's. It's another two points that we're throwing away against a team that we we should have seen out that that lead. But uh, I kind of feel like we've, we've played better tonight than we did against West Ham. At the same time, like we were in this game a lot more. I think that that West Ham performance was <laughs> embarrassing in the first half. We were better in the second half. I think today it was probably more of an even game. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's the the frustration is that we we keep getting ahead in these games and we we cannot see them out and it's it's costing us and obviously it's going to put us in a probably in a really difficult position in terms of when you look at the league table after this result now. 
um, assuming that Villa and Liverpool win tomorrow, we're, we're starting to kind of put a bit of <laughs> pressure on ourselves that we've, we've got a bit of catching up to do and it's uh, it's not going to be easy. Thoughts, Si? Um, I think we do need to start winning away games at some point, so it's frustrating that we've once again thrown away a lead, uh, a chance to win the game. Um You've probably got to take into context where we are at the moment. We've got a lot of fixtures, three games a week, and a lot of injuries, which I'm sure we're going to get into. So a point away from home in the Premier League is always a good result. It's always an acceptable result. It's frustrating that we haven't won an away game yet. You know, there's been chances there. but Won Sheffield United 8-0. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did forget about that. But yeah, I, I just think some of these games against, you know, Brighton, West Ham, Wolves, we, we do always say that as long as you win all your home games, that's fine. But to get back into that top four to try and repeat last season. We've got to win some of these games. So, yeah, it does feel... This one, like you say, Ben, doesn't feel so much like it, we've thrown it away because of how late the West Ham goal came. That was more difficult to take. But at the same time, we got ourselves in a position to win this game and just didn't take it. So, really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, with, with the players available and the conditions and everything else, you've probably got to be happy that we've, we've seen out the game. That's probably as good as I've seen Wolves play this season. Yeah. They're a decent mid-table side. They gave us a lot of problems, which I'm sure we'll get onto as well. Um, we, we seem to really struggle with their, their skill on the ball. Like We're, we're getting taken taken on left, right and centre. The midfield struggled with that. Both fullbacks struggled with that. So to get away with a point in the end probably sounds... It, it's only a fair result based on the yeah. performance. Um, it's just a case of... We, you know, we've played one more game than everyone else around us, so we're going to drop down the table again, and at some point we need to get this run going. So, yeah, it's, it's I'm not really negative, but I'm not really buzzing with a point there. Fair enough, fair enough. I think there's there's a few ways you can look at it. I think Newcastle have picked up... They've had three Champions League games in Newcastle, and every single one of them, or every single Premier League game after the Champions League game has been away from home, which is mm. hard. That's hard. Uh, we've picked up five points from those three games. And we haven't played the best teams in the world, but Wolves away is not an easy game. West Ham away is not an easy game. Sheffield United away is an easy game. I think five points is okay in that context. I also think that Newcastle are tonight without Botman, Isak, Murphy, I think, would have definitely played a big role being involved. Tonali. Tonali, Tonali Barnes. Counts. I can't, I can't, you know, I'm talking injuries. Oh, we are sorry. without him. And Harvey Barnes. Blow. And Harvey Barnes. Mm. So there's there's four players right there who, who I think if they're available... Um, Newcastle win that game fairly comfortably. Mm-hmm. So within that context, going away from home, when you have Champions League football, when you're without key players, I think it's a good thing to pick up points. And what we did yeah. very well last season when we weren't at our best was continue to pick up points. Yeah. So there are positives in that respect. On the other side of things, you know, there is now going to be a gap, like you say, Si, probably because the fixtures have to take place tomorrow between us mm-hmm. and the rest of the pack. And with, you know, with Arsenal to come, that's that's a concern slightly, but if you compare us to last season, and there's no reason necessarily to compare us to last season loads, but the, you know we we are on a similar number of points at a, at a similar stage. You know, I think what this season, what have we got? We got 17 after 10, and last season we had 17 after 10, so we're exactly the same <laughs> as last season. Actually, even though it's not the most relevant thing in the world, you just look at other clubs and other. Uh, situations you're in, you know, Chelsea have played Brentford at home today and got beat. There isn't really a, a divine right to be able to go away to a team like Wolves who are in a very good moment and pick up three points. That said, that said, Newcastle are ahead twice in a game and give away two very, very poor goals. Mm. So there's all sorts to kind of get into. And I suppose really I can't, 
I can't, right now I'm content with the point. I'm happy enough. I think it's a good point. I want to see how Newcastle get on against Arsenal next week. If Newcastle beat Arsenal next week, it's a fucking brilliant point today because we are building something. You're building towards something. You're going to Dortmund off the, 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 the back of beating Arsenal, which we all want to do. And, and you can really get excited for the, for the fixtures to follow. Um, if we don't beat Arsenal or we get beat, then it's starting to look like, well, yeah, fair enough. You, you might lose to the best teams in the league, but beat the shit. And Wolves, for all we're kind of probably going to talk them up a day, are probably going to be a bottom 10 Premier League side. Mm. And you want to beat the bottom 10, ideally, as a top six five four club. So there's all sorts to get into and all sorts to kind of ponder and consider. I think there's a lot of online anger because of the, the nature of the two goals, but we've, we've not heard Eddie Howe speak yet and Eddie Howe will always be, be kind of frustrated, but it's a little bit like West Ham, isn't it, where the two West Ham goals were really poor as well. It's not like these teams are having to kind of um, be brilliant to, to, to get past us at the minute, um, and we did keep that run of clean sheets. You know, having said that, the, the goal, that set the, the equalising goal comes from a Jamal Asel's foul where he wouldn't be playing. It comes from um, some poor defending and if you look at the end of the game past that point I actually thought Wolves were the happier to settle with a point mm. than Newcastle were to settle with a point so there's also kind of that kind of stuff to consider um, I don't know it, it's kind of interesting talking to you all though because it seems like everyone's just kind of accepted it like it's okay we're not gonna lose our heads because we didn't win a game of football We've, we, like you said while we were watching it Charlotte this time last week we smashed Crystal Palace 4-0 we're still a good team Sometimes good teams go away from home and draw games. It's okay. Man City lost there in Wolves' last home game. We're such a good team that we're in the Champions League and we had a really difficult game this week. Like, it's not something... And and, and Dortmund, that was only a 1-0 defeat. It wasn't like, like, as I said that on the podcast, it's not, it's not like we're losing, you know, by really comprehensive wallopings or anything like that. Like, it's, it's, it's just that some of these games are, like, a bit sort of... Um, Rung out and a bit sort of hard. They're a bit chaotic. Yeah, like that's the word I think. We, we, we're, we're last season we're a very safe side. You kind of knew what you were going to get from us. Whereas today there's all sorts of mad shit going on in both boxes, and it just seems a little bit mad. But then a team missing, including Tonali, like almost five guaranteed first team starters, mm-hmm. or at least players that would play some part in the game. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what kind what kind of side could cope with that, particularly outside of like Manchester City, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing for me is why I'm probably taking this a bit better than I did the West Ham one was because this situation we're in, you've, you've got to accept the fact that the lads have played a really difficult kind of draining game in the week and the same lads have had to go out and then go and play quite a draining game tonight in terms of, again, it was horrific weather. Mm. It's not easy to play in like that. I mean, we were laughing at the end there. Dan Byrne literally looked like he was running in mud, like stuck in mud <laughs> the way he was trying to, to, to run uh, after the ball at one point and... Um, and and I just think Wolves gave a like gave causes issues today. I mean, the, the thing with I don't want to keep going about that West Ham game, but West Ham did absolutely nothing like in that second yeah. half and then scored out of absolutely nowhere. Whereas at least Wolves kind of, at least I think you can say, deserved to, to get something out of that game because of the problems they caused us. But yeah, I mean they 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 were a decent side. I just think it's it's the concern for me is that Newcastle keep finding ways to to throw away these these away victories when. We should have, in my opinion anyway, should have had that wrapped up. I mean, obviously, the, the goal comes just before Neto, who was their best player on the night, gets injured. Had they not have equalised at that point, they they don't come back into that game when he goes off. So it, it, it's just, yeah, it's, I suppose it's the kind of the game management seems to 
need a lot of work for, for Newcastle to then start turning some of these away draws, which, as you say, are not terrible results, but it feels like we're, we're leaving points points out there. Game management was a theme last season, wasn't it, where um, there were periods where we didn't get it right, and then we learned from it and kind of sorted that out, and you're right, it is, it's frustrating because we get ourselves in these positions, and then Wolves looked a bit like shell-shocked that we'd, we'd taken lead because we, we kind of took lead against them in a play a little bit on both occasions, albeit we weren't playing badly. It was a very end-to-end chaotic game, but once we got ourselves in front, we, we're normally much better at just kind of controlling that situation, but Wolves, like you say, were causing us a lot of problems. Um, no, is it Nuri, the, the left yeah, the guy I, in their I left, just kept it. getting past Trippier and then it easily just gets past Lascelles as well and they, they were lacking a final ball that could have caused us way more trouble than they did uh, and Burma's getting done a lot on the other side and then to be honest, they were just coming through the midfield. Uh, Neto, Traore and um, Lamina were all just kind of finding gaps and turning players inside out and I've never, I've never seen us look as off the pace as we did then. That probably mm. does come down to Wednesday. We only made one change, didn't we? Wilson. Wilson. Um, the rest of, I mean, the team picked itself. We knew that was going to be the lineup. It's not like we were surprised to see all the same lads lining up, but it it was a tired performance. We were second to balls. We were second to um, kind of recover. If a player got past us, they were away. And it just felt like Wolves always had an extra man, always had an extra t- uh, second on the ball. So that probably tells you a little bit more about where we are physically as a team than it does about the performance. I think we just, there was tired legs there and we've got a lot of fixtures ahead while we're hoping to get some of these players back from injury as well. So, all things considered, I'm convincing myself how pleased I am that we got a point out of this game because it out. could have been worse. Go out. Yeah. Celebrate. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the Sheffield United game, how changed the whole front three from the front three in Milan. Yeah. Because that's the purpose of the tra- of large parts of the transfer business in the summer and the way that Howe has built his squad was to be able to have an interchangeable front three and he just can't do that now. He couldn't make any changes at all. I know Wilson was a change, but he played 65 minutes mm. plus on them on Wednesday night. We'll leave it there for part one. Uh, Going to leave you with a couple of adverts. You can get these podcasts, Advertisement 3, on our Patreon, £3 a month tier. Back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Part two of the show, um, i come to you first, Ben. A lot of controversy about Newcastle's goals, particularly the penalty thoughts. Um, I thought real time it was a blatant pen. Um, Shaw did brilliant to kind of capitalise on a, a horrific touch from um, from Huang. And uh, it just looked like it was one of those where he just swiped through him. I think obviously you slow it down, you watch it on VAR, there's there's minimal. I think he does catch him, but there's very little, little contact and, and Shaw's done quite well kind of to sell it. And I... I I understand kind of the fume of, of people that aren't Newcastle fans saying it's it's a dive and it's never a pen or whatever. But at the same time, there is contact. For me, there is contact there. He does does catch him even though he's trying to pull out of the swing. And if the decision's already been given, there's nothing like... It's not as if he hasn't caught him. So there's no... like It's not as if it's a blatant error, uh, error for me to, to then say he's got to go and change that other, other result. So um, I, I think probably... Fortunate that VAR hasn't interjected because I think they could have, but the fact they haven't, they've stuck with the on-field decision. Like, I'd, yeah, I'll I'll take it quite happily, and uh, yeah, it probably in that respect was the the right decision. Anyone disagree? I don't think I. Mm, I, I think don't. If, I don't think it's a pen. I think, I think if very, I was if I if that was against us, I'd be really angry. Having, I'd, yeah, I'd be having had the, the benefit of Sky showing us like thirty-five replays. <laughs> oh my god, so many. Um, which again, you're right, Ben. That means you can't call it clear and obvious and overturn the decision. But I think it's not a penalty. Is it? He's he's already going down by the time He Chan makes contact with him. Now it's a mistake from He Chan. You know, he takes a heavy touch and then he kind of slides in and he's not in control of himself because yeah. it's his trailing leg that connects with the ball while his other one nearly touches Shell. It does, just it about does, it does brushes up the Shell. But Shell's already like shin. falling over by the yeah, time yeah, he's made contact. He's taking evasive action, doesn't want to break his leg, <laughs> lose his leg yeah, when the guy yeah. comes through it with so that. I, there's an argument both ways, but I think it's a, it's a very, very soft penalty that, and it's nice to get one for a change. It's nice that VAR didn't muller us for a change. So I think we would do that in terms of the football gods, but yeah, it's it's if that had been given against us, we'd be on be this podcast so raging angry. about it. <laughs> it. It is soft. Really, really importantly for this penalty, one of the most important things people can do is go back and look at the penalty Wolves didn't get at our place where Nick Pope wipes out their player as last man <laughs> and like compare the amount of contact in the two and it's not even close. I, I'll, I'll, Jimenez, wasn't it? I'll disagree with all of you. I think it's depend right. for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I think their player has the ball at his feet in the box, takes a terrible touch, which is a, an error on his behalf, and then Fabian Cher comes from nowhere. He doesn't see Fabian Cher, and he just has a wild swing towards the ball, doesn't really get it, and in those situations quite doesn't often... Doesn't get it at all. Yeah, doesn't okay. get the ball at all. You, you are at a massive risk of giving away a penalty in that situation. It's an error from their player, and whilst I understand the, the idea that there isn't lots of contact. You've got to play the conditions better. Fabian Fabian Share, having played in identical conditions on Wednesday, yeah. has 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 basically had no intention there of, of he plays the ball, but but his intention is to win a penalty. Yeah. He goes down very easily, but it's, I I'm going to celebrate the the football intelligence and the conditional intelligence from him 
um, first of all, and then VAR is correct, correct to not overturn it because the referee has clearly given a penalty because he sees the defender not make contact with the ball and make contact with the, the player. People and the, the commenter Don Good, uh, commentator Don Goodman in particular really pissed me off when they mm-hmm. say if that if if, if that if that situation was reversed, VAR wouldn't tell him to give a penalty. True. Doesn't make it not a penalty though. Mm. That's okay. It's not VAR's decision to look at every single penalty and make the ultimate call of whether it's a penalty yeah. or not. VAR's decision to see if there's been a clear and obvious error and recommend that the referee take a second look. I think there is no clear and obvious error there. I'm sure people will disagree and that's fine. But the the referee sees what he sees, and then I think the VAR, after like you all said, one hundred replays, come to the conclusion. Well, what the ref the referee did see what he he thought he saw. Yeah. Um. Therefore, we can't overturn it. Yes, if the referee doesn't give it, does it get overturned? No. But that's that's not how football and not how VAR should work. It's not there to re-referee the game. Mm-hmm. And I I posted this on Twitter during the game, and I said this isn't how VAR works. And people said, yeah, literally it is. Like, no, you're all wrong. <laughs> v- VAR is not the ultimate d- deciding factor of what is a penalty and what there's, is. There's not. a reason they ask the referees yeah. to go and yes, look at it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, to the referee, the, 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 the referee saw what he saw. He gave the penalty for the reason that he did, and then VAR could not overturn that because ultimately they were like, yeah, ref, you, you did see what what you thought happened did happen. You decided it. Mm-hmm. The referee's decision yeah. is key. You but, decided that even though there wasn't loads of contact. It was, was a it, penalty. The contact was Therefore, there. it's a yeah. penalty. That's how it's supposed to work. Actually, this is one of those rare occasions of VAR actually working for me. <laughs> um, but never mind. <laughs> did you uh, Did you guys think the the first one was just a goal? Long staff on the goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, the, he's, he's, it winds us up the amount of protection keepers get, and then you see it time and again. I mean, that I've, I don't know how many times I've brought this up, but that Anana tackle on in the Wolves yeah. game, funnily enough, mm-hmm. but where he's allowed to come out and smash into somebody. Um, I think it happened again, potentially. Um, there was another incident maybe in the week where a keeper just comes out, doesn't really get anywhere near the ball, but just pl- piles was, through. It was, um, Chelsea, just, Chelsea. Last week, yeah, it was yeah. the Chelsea one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. I thought was, I was going to say, was it uh, the Chelsea? The, the penalties, like keepers can't come out and just <laughs> absolutely like <laughs> basically GBH players on the pitch and get away with it. Um that today, obviously, there was no like what's long stuff. All he's done is just start, stand his ground. He's allowed to do that. There's no right for the keeper to to have to like for him to have to give way to the keeper. He doesn't, and it's not as if he's like I've seen them as well, where players will make themselves like bigger or they'll kind of make themselves almost give the the referees a decision to make where they'll make it difficult for the keeper. Longstaff did nothing today. And um, rightly, yeah, it was obviously awkward for the keeper because the keeper's having to come over the back of him, but the keeper's got no right to do that. You can't tackle from behind and come you know, through the back ben, of someone. And, and I'm sure we'll come on to this imminently about the goals Newcastle conceded. Yeah. Is he probably should have punched it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Nick Pope's going to get hammered, maybe, yeah. by you guys. Yeah. And is oh, definitely getting hammered. Don't worry, others, it's coming. Um, for punching it when you kind of, I mean, they're, 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 not, they're not identical. Yeah. But I suppose we should, I agree with you, Ben, by the way. Um, I'm sure that others do as well. But, you know, Sai, start with you. The goals Newcastle conceded by our high standards, surely very disappointing. Yeah, very much so. It, it, it both had that kind of it's been coming feel to them, which was frustrating. Yeah. Um, there was lots of those kind of balls coming in for the first one uh, where it was kind of dropping. And um, it, it's, it's tough because we've watched it back, watching Trippier kind of take us off the ball, worry about this bloke who's like a good foot taller than him and much, much stronger, who just outmuscles him and gets the ball first. It's like... Is that bad organisation from us? Should someone else have been on Lamina? I'm not sure. I don't know how they've chosen the organisation. If you feel like Dan Byrne should be on him, he's a pretty big guy. Um, 
it's, it's hard to blame Trippier, albeit he does lose his man. It's a good header. Uh, but it, 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 it felt soft. It felt soft, but it had been coming. We'd been letting them in. They'd been in behind a few times. They had quite a few corners, and they'd look very dangerous from their set. Peters is net, net, net is the highest assister in the league, isn't he? Um, as they were saying, so frustrating. And then the second one, probably even more so, like just just didn't need to happen. Just didn't need to happen. And yeah, um, like, like I say, it wasn't as late as the West Ham goal. So we had a chance to kind of get back in the game. So it wasn't as killer. But reflecting back now, you're just thinking, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's frustrating, but I'm struggling for words. I think the, the frustrating thing is, is that there's, there's three players basically yeah. surrounding one of their players. They're centre-back. They're centre-back mm. and he doesn't do a great deal. He basically beats a rash tackle from Bruno and that kind of kills the other two because Bruno's committed himself to a daft tackle. Yeah. Gordon's kind of out of the game because he's behind him and obviously tries to get back, puts in kind of a half tackle, but would give a free kick away if he if he fouls him, probably thinking about worrying about giving the ball away. And then Longstaff again is kind of out of the picture because he was worried about that there is another player kind of further to the, the wing was the his line, man. Yeah, yeah. So it, although he does follow the guy and, and he probably sh- maybe should... Try and put then a tackle, and I'm not going to blame long stuff. Yeah. I think the one for there for me was was Bruno shouldn't have yeah. flown in the way. It's a well, bad tackle he, from Bruno. He's trying to give away the foul, and he just fails. Didn't even yeah. get, doesn't manage to foul him. So he's just yeah. on the floor out of the game. He's past him. Then Joe Linton doesn't react. He's in no yeah. man's land. Does nothing. Burns far too slow to follow the man across. Yeah, he gets the ball it. and scores. The whole thing was just a shit show. I mean, Burn <laughs> Burn could have given a penalty away as well. That yeah, rash kind of tackle. flying in. The guy does well to get out of the way. Like if if uh, obviously. He could have, could have easily so it just, it felt, down. These, these goals off. felt like they were coming because we were making That's these mistakes. It. So, like, if it didn't come at that time, another mistake or another bit of sloppy defending seemed to be around the corner for us. We just weren't at it in in lots of areas here. I think for me, both of their goals typified how tired we look yeah. today. Like, both of them were about Trippier being like ever so. It's a good header. It's a good. The first goal is good header, but Trippier takes his eyes off the ball. He's not looking. Um, and and I and I and I thought it looked really tired today. Um, most people in group chats and on Twitter are saying how tired Trippier looked. Um, and I and I agree, I would be so surprised if we see him anywhere near the squad on Wednesday night. Um, Livermento obviously started in the City game in the Cup, so I would expect him to be on. He just is he's 33 years old. He's playing um, two matches a week. Something's got to give. Uh, and, and, and playing at the intensity that he does as well with the with the ability to kind of read and watch the game, it's a, it's a mental toll as well. The physical toll for a player is... Um, good as Kieran Trippier and then the second goal um that's like a cluster of fatigued players Dan Burns too slow to get to the ball um Fabian Chaz is the only one who kind of tries to sees what's about to happen and tries to get a foot on it but is is too far away from from that sort of right hand side of the goal and and it's just it's just us looking tired to me which I'm sure plays into the second or the third part of the show but like I, I'm just concerned because we only made one substitution today because we really couldn't make any others. Um, wh- what next is kind of my the, the Wolves looked like a team that hadn't played in midweek and also don't yeah. have a game next week because they got knocked out by like someone really bad, like a League One team. Um, the Ipswich. Ipswich. Um, the we just looked like a, a team who's, who's running out of running out of beans more than anything and. Yeah, I, I was surprised by how like athletic and um, quick and everywhere Wolves felt, but it probably is more a reflection on us than them, that we just weren't at their pace. And yeah. That's a concern because this is the 
the start of this big kind of chunk of difficult fixtures, three game weeks. So we have a lot. We really on. need to recover. But yeah, um, the goals hundred percent. Charlotte would we're probably pretty much down to just fatigue and and you, you make more mistakes when you're tired. You make more mistakes when you haven't got fresh legs to bring on, and it just. It just felt inevitable, really frustratingly, but inevitable. I mean, that for me is why the the Pope's decision, and obviously you said we were talking about a Dudsey and Hammerham. Um, that's the frustration with Pope's decision to come and punch it. Is yeah, it's a it's not a great cross. It's probably the worst cross they put into the mm. box in the game. They they did deliver some really good set pieces or or kind of crosses from open play, but that and that first one he starts to come and can't get there because it's such a good ball and and it kind of makes the, the finish easier for them for the first one. The second one, it's a really poor overhead cross that's kind of floated and he gets under it and he gets gets there and, and could easily claim that. And I, I get that it's raining and he's probably worried about, as you say, kind of a similar p- situation happening with the first one. But even then, there's not any Wolves players around him, really. Like, it's also if, if he'd have dropped of... it, he probably gets the ball from the second bounce or yeah. whatever. Whereas coming out and punching it, he doesn't get a great punch on it. And then it puts the pressure on all the other players. Whereas if he'd have just come in and claimed that, which he's, he's done plenty of times before, I think that allows kind of it's, all the rest of the players to recover and get in position and kind of buys with that time to, to reset. I just think he put us in an unnecessary position with with that kind of decision to come out and punch. And as I say, he doesn't punch it far enough away that they they basically recover it and, and are on the edge of the box with the ball. That's the frustration. And, and let's, to be fair to Pope, he's been class. He's made yeah. some huge saves. Um, he made a great save in the first half. Yeah, he, he keeps winning games, but I just think that was a, a bad error from him that has ultimately led to, to the second it's goal. It's meant to be one of his strengths, isn't it? Coming out and just catching yeah. the ball. He's yeah. really good at it. So why he chose not to do it on that occasion? And yeah, it is raining. because Yeah, because of the conditions. Yeah, like, yeah because, that's it. Because, uh, simply because of the conditions. There's no way he punches that ball yeah. if the ball isn't like a bar of soap. Like, yeah. ultimately. <laughs> and we looked at what... Saw does in the first half <laughs> different situation but it's night nice, like we get a nice clear aerial picture of what's going on whereas when he's coming out and he's got one second to make a decision and he thinks <laughs> if, if i drop this ball there's a box full of wolves players yeah i get it i don't know for, for goalkeeper gloves in 2023 i'm sure are pretty much designed to still have sandpaper, really good grip that, when it's wet um but you're right the the We've, we've described how the, the goal like glue man Dodsy. You've ne- you you wouldn't ever wear them because you've never taken your turn and goal in your life and when you do you just don't even bother using yeah. your but, hands anyway but, but the, the goal as you've described it was you know there's plenty of other opportunities for it not to happen so yeah, it's to not take on, it all the way back the Pope is probably it's not on any one player I don't yeah. think that one we wouldn't be in that situation though if he'd come in <laughs> at least just do a better punch like get two I'm hands sure why's he going like, why's he going one handed punch do get two on it and it probably goes out the halfway line or something he's got massive fists <laughs> two poor goals we'll have to yes. agree on that two poor goals we're going to break now again briefly for part three of the show I'm going to come back to the guys with my view because I disagree slightly um, but it feeds into what I want to talk about so we'll do that after these adverts when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Charlotte, I'll take issue with what you said about, oh. <laughs> about the goals being primarily tiredness. And I just feel like... I don't think I said primarily. Did you not? I just said, like, typifies how tired yeah, we are. Yeah, typifies how, t- how tired we are. You know, we conceded a goal from, from a corner in the first half. After, you have to give Wolves credit. It's a really well-worked corner because everyone else goes front post. The two players who are, who, who are kind of isolated against two of our smallest players. Well done, Wolves, for that one. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those where why is Kieran Trippier marking one of their biggest lads is probably the, the thing for me. But Newcastle concedes so few set-piece goals that whatever we normally do works. It, very, very disappointing to let Wolves back into the game. And I think that's the, the crucial goal, actually, the first the first equaliser, because without that and without that set piece, there's a chance, you know, Pedro Neto hadn't done all of his magical things at this point, and the longer the game is at 1-0, the more Wolves have to commit forward, and we can exploit that, and I'm sure that's a game plan. The second goal, I just I just think, I think Bruno being in a yellow card has a big, big part of that. I think he doesn't do that mad kind of half challenge where he commits he goes to ground when the player's stationary it would be a yellow card though Dodsy if he makes contact so I, yeah that's I what I'm saying buy that no but I'm saying I'm he tries to foul him no he doesn't because the, the player is the player isn't actually running at him he's got the ball at his feet stationary and he's trying to nick <laughs> the ball a, a pretend slide down yeah. um, it's almost trying to predict what he does but I want the, the, the tiredness thing is really interesting because we have got a lot of injuries and Charlotte you, you made the point that you know, how could only make one sub now? How could have made more than one sub? Because Tino Livermento has been very, very good True. for Newcastle when he's played. But does bringing this is this is the point I want to get into? Does bringing Tino Livermento or Lewis Hall actually change the outcome of that game? And mm. a lot of frustration on social media at the minute. Seventy million pounds worth of players in that respect uh, on the bench, and then how just just reluctant to use them. But first of all, that. Both definitely going to play, I think, and start and probably play 90 minutes at Old Trafford on Wednesday, uh, assuming that Trippier and whoever doesn't have to come on because we're getting badly beaten or anything like that. Um, and it feeds into the whole tiredness aspect, doesn't it? And we talked about this after West Ham and, and Eddie House said after West Ham that the players were kind of not so much physically exhausted, but it was like a mental exhaustion after the highs of PSG, but we didn't have any highs on Wednesday. <laughs> um, you know, so that was, so it's just interesting. Like, I think, I don't think Newcastle didn't win the game today because they were tired. I do agree with you, Charlotte, though, that we possibly didn't have the best chance to win the game because we literally got nothing on the bench. And I think more a more interesting conversation than why didn't House switch his two fullbacks, that's the solution, is on Newcastle... Is it is it fair for us to at least have a conversation about the allocation of allocation of resources in the summer? Because I am sure that both of those players will be really really good footballers in their careers, but also Newcastle United. But was it a good idea to commit, for argument's sake, up to seventy million pounds? I don't think Newcastle spent seventy million pounds yet on either player. Um, sorry, or thirty five million on either player yet. So it's this kind of future allocation of resources. But mm. Charlotte, I come to you on this one. Well, do you understand, and then do you agree? So there's two things. Do you understand and do you agree with the point that Newcastle should not have spent money on the future when, in fact, they have a Champions League campaign, they need the players They need players who could play and make a difference to their squad now? 
I think it's a really interesting conversation. And and part of me is like bulking at the question because I don't want to criticize and I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, you trust the process, trust the, you know, and Eddie Howe's made in, in, in less than two years or, or just two years now, um, Eddie Howe has turned players that were that you know we've talked about this Lascelles, Murphy etc into pretty good players um who can certainly play in in the Premier League very comfortably um so I sort of I sort of want to kind of lean on that side of things but I think with hindsight perhaps another Tonali-esque sort of pedigree would maybe have been a better um investment in the summer um, someone who could immediately improve the squad. So I kind of agree, but I also don't want to agree because I I like what the project is and I like the idea of it, but I also want us to be smashing wolves comfortably. So no, I I disagree. I disagree. I I think they're both great players and we got them at at good prices and the transfer is there to be done. I hang think. On, hang on. Hang I th- on. I'll, I'll I'll get to my point. Uh, Livermore is good enough. I think he should be playing more minutes. Uh, why he's not playing is the bigger question for me. And you're right to say that perhaps they weren't going to change the outcome of that game, but why not? Trippy was having a bit of a stinker. Why not bring Livermore on for thirty minutes? He's good enough. He might be just inject a bit of energy in. Particularly if he's going to play on Wednesday. Um, he might have handled their their attack a bit better. So we turn the ball over a bit more quickly, and then who knows what happens? A bit uh, quicker, isn't he? You what, what, Mighty Target played really well on Wednesday. Get him on for half an hour instead of burn. He might just give us a little bit more going forward. Yes, we might not win the game, but I just think throw a caution at the wind, let those lads come on, give the other lads a break. Um, I'm surprised we didn't see them. I, I, I also understand it. We're still levelling a game away from home and the other lads can, can see it out. Dan Byrne can see it out defensively. I just think if you're trying to win that game, they, they are the subs you've got, so you've got to go for it. Lewis Hall can play in midfield. Lewis Hall can play... You know, my, my point, Zion, was going to come back to on Hall is like, can he play in midfield? Because I saw him play in midfield against Manchester City, and he didn't look up to it. Might not, doesn't mean he won't be in the future. Man City it, being you, a very uh, yes. difficult measuring stick, he, but yeah, that but, is a bit harsh. But but, but also, well, it wasn't a first choice midfield for Manchester City, but but also, you just said they're two very good players. I'm not trying to get into Lewis Hall here particularly, but I think that the central argument is that Newcastle have spent. And I'll come I, when I make my point. I'll I'll clarify whether this is accurate or not because we don't know. But Newcastle have committed a significant resource to an 18-year-old kid who doesn't look ready to play Premier League football, and we're sat here saying Newcastle have conceded two goals because they're tired because they can't bring players in. Mm. Do we do we know he's going? to... I think he'll be a class player. I think he'd be brilliant for Newcastle. But but right now, I'm I'm going to put it out there. Right now, he does not improve Newcastle United at Wolves away. He doesn't. Matt yeah. Target's another shout. Everyone's forgotten Matt Target. Bring yeah, Matt Target yeah. on for Dan Byrne. Yeah. But but Lewis Hall in particular, it just looks right now. And we could have this conversation eighteen months, and we'll we'll all know the outcome. But right now, fans are asking, or or, or even suggesting. It's be, it's a bad call. Just it's, just before you come in, Ben. Sorry, I just think it, we we did buy Tenali, we did buy Barnes, and I, I would say that Barnes would have been starting some of these games. He definitely would have been coming on, and in a game like this, he'd be bound for at least thirty five minutes if he hadn't started it. Um, you, no one could have seen Barnes getting injured and Tenali getting banned for the rest of the season. Like the, that was the improvement of the first team squad. You've equally you've got a team of players that have just finished fourth. You don't want to upset the apple cart too much. I think it's it's really difficult to go back and overanalyze the transfer window, which at the time sounded great. Two great new players for the first team, some young players who are going to be part of the future, but we know Livermore has got the talent now. Um, and we know Lewis Hall, has, he played like 11 games for Chelsea last season, so he's meant to be able to play Premier League football. The fact that I think the bigger question is why aren't they playing at all? And I know how likes to reward loyalty, uh, reward his players with loyalty, keep them in the team, but... 
I, I think that if they'd been used a bit more before now, you might be able to use them a bit more in these games. And then, um, I don't know, I just I just don't agree that it's it's um, we need to jump onto that transfer window like we've done something wrong. I think I think it was absolutely fine for me. I mean, it's definitely a subject that would you could have its own podcast on, isn't it? I think for me, Livermento, I, I back because he, he played a significant amount for a Southampton team that were woeful for most of the season, yet he was one of the bright sparks. And I think he's showing in, in a pressure situation... He is capable of it. Um, so I would say he's up to the grade for playing now. I think Hall is the one that you would say is clearly been bought for the future. He's mm-hmm. 18. I, I I think they've probably bought him at this point because you maybe never get the opportunity to buy him. If he plays more games for Chelsea this season, they never sell him. So we never get the chance to cut it. We, we basically have to take a gamble on him to get him now and pay whatever we've paid. But that could have been like 100 million if he turns out to be one of their star players. I mean, you look at like Reese James almost for, for them kind of following that um, trajectory potentially, like you wouldn't be able to buy him. So I, I understand why they bought Hall now because it was kind of the only time probably to buy him. Um, but you're right in terms of the resources, it's it's a massive <laughs> kind of put it put it away for, for a rainy day type of thing to, to basically have him keep him away from the first team. He's not good. I don't think he's going to play a lot this season. Um, and it's, it is a, a concern because we're so light defensively. The fact that we've got Dan Byrne, Lissette and Lascelles playing in our back four at the minute because of essentially one injury. It's only Botman. We just don't have the cover to kind of be covering having a young player that we've put that much amount of resource in that won't get a game. The other thing I would say is is the the point I'd said to you before about Gordon. Obviously, we signed Gordon last January, and he he he's talked a lot about how long it took him to get up to speed with Newcastle in kind of the Eddie Howe way. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the other thing is that Howe just hasn't seen enough from. Hall and Livermento and training that they can compete and kind of play up to the intensity almost that is expected. I, I mean, I don't really believe that myself. I'm just trying to think why isn't why aren't they getting opportunities? But that that is maybe one of the things that they've they've named not maybe not quite adapted. I suppose the point is what we have seen of Hall this season was that Man City game. He didn't look great in the kind of for the most of the game. He looked solid enough when he went to, to left back, yeah. and obviously that's where we would use him. But maybe that's why he's not getting more opportunities because he probably didn't show enough kind of in that game, as you say, not against City's first team to to lay a marker and say that he would do a better job than Matt Target and Dan Byrne that are obviously ahead of him in the pecking order. So I, I, I understand the kind of the criticism of the amount of resource put in on the whole deal. Um, the, the liver mental one for me is the, the more surprising one because I think we have seen, we've seen enough from, from him at his time at Southampton and what he did. Um, against Man City the other week, that he's a player that should be ready to come in and, and be contributing to the first team, and why he's not—he's had what he came on against Man City in the league, didn't he? Had like right wing for ten minutes in that game or something, and then we've barely seen him since. So he was the one—he—he's the surprising one for me that probably should be getting more minutes, and I'm shocked that he isn't. But is it not just because Kieran Trippier is Newcastle's best player? Yes, like, but he didn't play that well today, he, did he? He didn't. He didn't. And that, that, that's, that's my point. Don't don't get us wrong. Tri- yeah. Yeah. You do, you never take Trippier off. I mean, what what I was saying to you is you could potentially, but you, we're talking about managing the team and and rotating things. Trippier doesn't have to play every minute of every match. That's the thing. That's like the thing. you you can give him a respite against Palace last week, for example. Why did Trippier have to play ninety minutes? The game was over because a lot not, earlier. Yeah, is it? Is it? You could have rested him then and and kind of given him that. Because Twenty minutes are, rest or whatever. These the kind of conversations that football fans have, but no one in football has. I don't know. I, I, I could yeah. be wrong. Where it's like, <laughs> do, do, does eighteen minutes for 
Livermento actually mean anything and does yeah. eight, does yeah. eight minutes for Livermento? But Livermento's it has to, it has to, doesn't it? Because, like I say, Kieran Trippier is 33 years old. There has to be a passing of the baton, doesn't there? Or what, do we just wait for him to... Yeah, but that, we're not close to that. That's not yeah. that's not for this season. And yeah, yeah may, may, maybe if he's 37, Livermento still can't get ahead of him, <laughs> then, then we'll come back. We've but got a different conversation. One of the things, again, so the... the, the, the I, these are all good points. Um, the, the I think the comment of... How has seventy million pounds worth of players on the bench? What the hell is he doing? Not using them is ridiculous. I don't think Livermento uh, or, or Hall make any difference to that result tonight if they come on, and probably Newcastle are weakened. Not a dig at those two lads, but in terms of the the lads to replace Newcastle, are possibly weakened um, if if he makes that change. So no criticism from how to from me to how I think Matt Target could come on because he, he comes on and probably improves Newcastle on Wednesday night against Dortmund. And but fine, he doesn't do that for whatever reason. Um, I think the more interesting thing about Hall is we haven't spent seventy million on two players. We've got them on loan. We've got them on loan Aye. with an obligation to buy. And I think I think Newcastle probably do that deal because it's one of the few deals they can do without having to commit any at least major financial resources towards it. So it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good. Oh, he's got seventy million pounds worth of players in the bench. What's he playing at? Well, we love Eddie Howe, but this is mental. It's like it's not as it's not as straightforward as that, and it's also not statistically correct because we haven't spent thirty-five million pound on Hull. He's an eighteen-year-old kid on loan who didn't have a great debut against Man City and got hooked at half-time. I'm sure he'll play against Man United, and what a chance to go and play at Old Trafford! He's already done that for Chelsea before. Can't wait to see him in action. But I don't think Newcastle drawing two-two at Wolves has got anything to do with those two players and whether they feature or not. I just feel it's like it's missing the point, even though we've spent fifty minutes talking about. So us. we can have this argument <laughs> yeah. again next season, though, when we've actually bought him for thirty-five million, and he doesn't come on against Wolves. <laughs> we'll prepare. save that rant for then. Yeah, Get prepare for it. I think we're just about done. So much to talk about from a, a rainy old two-two draw. Of course, there will be the review podcast on Patreon, which is basically a second one of these type of podcasts about the fixture, where they'll go into much more detail than this. Thank you, Sai, Ben, and Charlotte. It's been a pleasure, and we will speak to you all after Manchester United on Wednesday. Can't wait. Speak to you then. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.